brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode of Sip, Seven Smokes, where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show that is rarely entertaining for more than 20 minutes. Very rare. Very, very rare. Like a, like a cold blue steak. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are still banned in the state of Alabama. Thank God. Uh, as well as the National Zoo after an unfortunate incident with Maury and a bottle of whiskey in the primate exhibit. I couldn't help it. I didn't know an orangutan could drink that much. What was he doing wearing your pants? <laughs> he liked them. They looked better on him. Share and share like. It looked like an old Clint Eastwood movie. Anyway, they were hanging out and you know, he kept calling him Clyde. This is Made Man Should've Bob. There. <laughs> Joining me today, our Made Man Brent. All I have to say is who cut the cheese? <laughs> Going yeah. from that end of the table. <laughs> Made man, Maury. Good morning, Bob. Pleasure to be here. I'm excited with the aroma in the basement. And good old boy, Justin. Good morning, Bob. The only thing I'm looking for is the freedom fries. What <laughs> the hell is he talking? I don't know. <laughs> it's damp Darren in their basement. He's starting to get crazy. Well, Brent Mori and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals with representation in eight states. Our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. Check them out on Facebook at the Bourbon Mafia. And we are also sponsored in part by Fine Spirits in Cooper City, Florida, even though Harm isn't here today because he's busy moving his store. <laughs> yeah, he was busy moving it last month. Yeah, exactly. Home of the enigmatic machines, which are still uh, being moved. Moved. <laughs> moved. <laughs> Serving great wines, whiskeys, and other spirits by the glass. Hopefully, by the time this episode airs, it'll actually be done. I'm not holding my breath. You can find them online at www.finespirits.net or at any allied van lines, perhaps. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to get moved. Yeah, you hold your breath, you'll turn the color of that last cheese. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and our show is also sponsored in part by the Fort Laurel Whiskey Society. To find out more about the society and their events, visit ftlws.com. And this episode is a different episode it's a combination episode and it is a sips and a savor episode because we're going to be tasting and discussing pairings of spirits with different cheeses which were provided to us by the fine folks at the cheeses of europe marketing council and you can learn about them at cheeses of europe.com um, so we're going to be doing a rating of the pairings of the spirit with the cheese not rating the cheese not rating the spirit but but how well um their cheese master came out and paired these two so oh my good man some cheese beets yes certainly sir what would you like well uh how about a little red lister 
I'm afraid we're fresh out of Red Lester's hand. Never mind. How are you on uh, Tilsit? Never at the end of the week, sir. Always get it fresh first thing on Monday. Tish tish. No matter. Um, well, four ounces of kefili then, if you please, stout yeoman. Ah, well, it's been on order for two weeks, sir. I was expecting it this morning. Come on, the cheese. You don't remember the cheese sketch? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, come on. It's John, I do please. remember it. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm surrounded by animals, I swear. All right. So we're going to have uh, Justin do our uh, sips ratings. And since we're going to be tasting some cheeses, and many of these are French, we're going to have him do it in his worst Pepe Le Pew slash Maurice Chevalier accent. But of course. Oh, God, here it goes. It's right in the <laughs> toilet. Oh, God, no. One, s'il vous plaît. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. It's just sad. We've managed to, you know, insult many states and cities and counties. We've actually, we're just, we're insulting the entire European Union at this point. So awesome. All right. Great. Two sips. Nice. But what else do you have? I I keep having these flashbacks of this skunk and, you know, like, (laughs) Lord, it's like a bad Winnie Tunes episode. Three sips. Hmm. Interesting. What was this again? It was like Boris. <laughs> yeah, that 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 uh, that that sort of went into a little bit more Renfield, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, master. We crossed the, oh, Euro- yes. the European Union. He must on sleep one. in the cask of his own soil. Yes. Four uh, sips. Let's uh, keep the secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Oh, it's just not getting any better. Ah, bon, five sips. Oh, my, I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's, about, that's about the time Peppy Le Pew took that cat. <laughs> yeah, that's about the time he picks up the cat, starts stroking its hair and telling you how he's going to take you off to see the lovely River Seine. Yeah, okay. Dear God. Well, Bob. Tell us a little bit more about uh, these cheeses and spirits. Yeah, five minutes in, it's already straight in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've, I've been excited about doing a cheese show. I've, it's been on my list of ideas of different shows for about three years now and just haven't gotten around to it until we I met up with the folks here from Cheeses Europe and it was that was a slam dunk. That was an easy one to do because, hell, they got all the cheese. Um, I'm excited about it because pairing of spirits is something that most people don't think of and most people don't even think you can do. And cheese is pretty much about my favorite food. So, you know, many people are aware how different wines and cheeses can be paired together, each playing off of the flavors and the characteristics of the other to make for a more harmonious combination. However, many are not aware that the same can be said for cheese and spirits. Whiskey and other spirits can be a perfect pairing for many foods, and cheese is no exception. And as for the cheeses, there are a few there are a few food categories out there where a person can find as many variations on taste, aroma, texture as they can with cheese. Like any other pairing, how you drink the spirit can also affect how it interplays with the cheese. Whether it's drunk neat, or with water, or with ice, or in a cocktail, each change in how you consume the spirit can affect the nose, the flavor, and the mouthfeel of the spirit itself, and therefore how it interplays with the cheese. 
Other factors that can affect the interplay are the mash bill of the spirit. Is it a rye whiskey? Is it a weeded bourbon? It's a malt whiskey. Is it a rum? Is, if it's a rum, is it made with molasses? Is it made with sugarcane? Um, the type of the cast of spirits aged in can also affect the interplay. Whether it's new or used oak or red, ripe or sherry wine cask, um, you know, is it a cognac cask? You know, what what is you know what has it been put in? Um, and the overall age of the spirit can change how it melds with a particular food. And even something as innate as the terroir, or the area surrounding the distillery, can affect the pairing. Like, uh, you know, a scotch from say down on the coast somewhere in Iowa, where you know you get that sort of salty note that plays off of like a pecorino romano with the saltiness. Uh, but for our purposes today, we're going to focus on pairing the straight spirit with an appropriate cheese. And thankfully, given our ability to slaughter the pronunciation of pretty much any foreign language, the folks at Cheeses of Europe actually have an app you can download um, at their website um, that allows you, if you're verbally challenged like the rest of us, to be able to pronounce the names of dozens of different cheeses so when you go in the store, you don't sound quite like a twit. <laughs> Well, I got that down pat. I'm looking at all of you. <laughs> yeah, I got so, it down pat. There's no, no, no problem there. So with the help of this fabulous technology, we're going to play a game, and we're going to let everybody try and pronounce it, and then we're going to listen to this uh, lovely, sexy French woman on the phone here pronounce it for us, because when she talks cheese, and when she says it, it's dead sexy. All right. So we're going to go on to our first pairing, and we're going to have Brett do that one for us. I'm excited about this. Please cut right. the cheese for me, Brent. All right, so are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right, I want you to pronounce it for me, okay. and then we'll see where you're going to go. This is uh, Cameron Bay with the Ardberg 10-year-old. Camembert. Camembert de Normandie. Camembert de Normandie. Was, cl- was I close? No. <laughs> not even. Were you close? Yeah. Not even. <laughs> Yeah. Bob Barker says no. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Camembert is a buttery with notes of mushroom on the back end. So we have selected an Arberg 10 year, uh, which is a whiskey. It's, it's a Jewish scotch. Now. <laughs> you see that? Yeah. The Chaim. Yeah. That's my accountant, Arberg. Listen, I, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to pronounce cognac. Okay. You don't have the sense of a common dog. <laughs> I don't have that sound loaded up. Give me a minute and find it. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, but, but this is a whiskey that balances the sweetness of the malt and the smokiness of the peat. The creaminess of the cheese is a great counter to the whiskey, especially when a small amount of water is added to the single malt to open it up. This is a 46% ABV. Um, with this one, I I used, did it both ways. First, I did it with the... You know, taking a sip of the of the scotch and then having the cheese, and then I did a little bit later where I had the cheese, and then I tried it with the scotch, and and my preference my preference was drink the scotch first and then let the cheese do its thing, because the cheese is what really plays well with this. So the the cheese itself is um, is white. It's got a white coating around it. It's a nice uh, white, yellow, milky color. It's called a rind. Rind. <laughs> the rind. The coating, the rind, you call it you call it coating. I call it rind. Seriously, <laughs> you know the, uh, the, the uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you gave me the scotch. Remember that. I know nothing. <laughs> so the the scotch right off the right off the bat, you get that smokiness on your nose, and it's just and it's and it, it almost over for me. It's almost overpowering. 
and then you have that peatiness on your on your palate, mm. and then you take a bite of the cheese, and it just mellows everything out. It just mm. it just takes and it blends this. But we'll be back with this. And we're back, and we are discussing uh, cheese and spirits pairings, and we've got Brent talking to us about these pairing. We've got the Ardbeg 10-year with the Camembert, and we've actually got Brent drinking smoky peaty scotch and actually enjoying himself. There's no way. <laughs> okay. I think somebody dropped a roofie in that scotch when you weren't looking. <laughs> yeah, somebody dropped something in the scotch because apparently they that, dropped your really good cheese in it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. well, that's that's really what happened is that because you get that smokiness and the peatiness on your palate, and then you take the creaminess of the cheese, and it just kind of blends it, just kind of blends it, and it mellows the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Just gives you this nice creaminess in your whole mouth feel, and it. The, the smokiness is really kind of downplayed. The peatiness is downplayed, and it blends together very well. I mean, mm. the person that picked these two out, pretty much a genius. Well, you know what it is? It's that that the, the, that mushroomy kind of funk from the rind just yeah. really plays so well with the earthiness of the peat that the two just sort of meld in together. So, yeah, the 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 cheese the cheese master at, uh, at Cheeses Europe that – that suggested these pairings. Uh, I'm with you. He knocked this yeah. one out of the park. I, oh. I I was thinking, well, I've had Camembert a million times. I've never thought of drinking an Ardbeg with it. And I'm thinking, oh, that's going to be too much. It's that's going to be. I'm just going to taste Ardbeg. I'm not. The cheese is just going to be gone. But who knew? Maybe it, I've just been buying really lousy Camembert. Yeah. <laughs> who knew it would take a cheese to get me to drink scotch? I'm gonna it. keep. I'm gonna keep a wheel of this in the house at all times, just so I can watch you drink it. <laughs> yep. I got. A, I got a. I got a shelf full of peaty, nasty scotch in the other room. I See, just, you said nasty. I'm gonna. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great. That's my favorite kind. Is the nasty kind. It's like cheese. <laughs> the funkier it smells, usually the better it tastes. So, what do you guys think? I thought it was a nice pairing. I thought that the uh, the water actually opened up the scotch quite a bit as well, almost as much as the uh, as the cheese did. It really balanced it out, opened up some of the depth of flavors, took the edge off of some of the smoke and peat. But I do agree with Brent that the the complementary of the complementation of the pairing was was really wonderful. Um, the creaminess kind of cut through some of the smoke and peat. The uh, the two accentuated the nuttiness that you get from both the whiskey and from the, the yeah. cheese. Um, there's a little bit of a mushroomy, funky uh, yeah. taste on the cheese, and that kind of mellows out quite yeah. a bit from the whiskey. So all in all, I, I would agree, a uh, very, very nice pairing that I would not have ordinarily thought of, but uh, was very well, it, The thing is, it plays, so there's two distinct flavors in, a, in, this, in this cheese. I mean, you've got the rind, where, like you said, it's that mushroomy, earthy, forest floor kind of funk, and then you've got that creaminess on the inside. And who would have thought that the Ardbeg would play both of those so well? So yeah, that, that creaminess really plays well to that to the peaty scotch. It just thankfully they sent us a bunch of cheese, so I'm happy. Hey, yeah. <laughs> what you think, so, Jess? Kudos. I think that the Ardbeg had some good body and depth to it, but when you combined it with the cheese, it added a whole new creaminess dimension, uh, dimension to it, and the peaty finish is kind of enveloped by that, and it made it taste like the whiskey was a lot older than it was. Like you, you get a lot of these flavors in like a twenty or thirty year scotch, when you combine it with the cheese, it's just outstanding. Yeah, this was this this was a good one. Yeah. This was a good one. So so far, you know, one for one, um, and we're going to give this one four sips. 
That's classified. On the pairing. On the pairing. Yep. So we're moving on to the next pairing, which is a uh, aged cheddar and rum. Um, so I've got a uh, five-year four de Cana, uh dark rum, and then we've got a uh, five-year aged uh, lovely cheddar here. And the nice thing is with the cheddar, you get the, the, the caramel notes, and it really plays in well with the rum and the caramel notes in the rum because you know, rum is made with sugar and molasses and all the things that make life good. Um, the thing about the rum is, is it's strong enough to stand up to the cheddar, which is, you know, a, a fairly strong cheese. Hold on. Mm. And this is another one, I think. I think they really hit this one out of the park. This is a very, very good combination. The sweetness, the thing about the cheddar is the older it gets, with cheddar it gets sharper with age. You get a young cheddar that's a couple of months old, it's not as sharp. You get three, four, five-year-age cheddar, and the sharpness just continues to go. And the sweetness in the rum and the, the boldness of the rum cuts right through that. I mean, if you take the cheese by itself, you get a lot of sharpness. But when you mix the two in your mouth, that little bit of bitter goes away, and they just seem to really, really mix well together. So I, 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 I this is another one. I think they really, I think they really, uh, the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. The again, this is one that you want. I wanted to drink the rum before I had the cheese. Mm. I tried it both ways, and the way it was most effective was drinking the rum first, mm. and then letting that sharpness of the cheddar just come out. Mm. And, you know, and, and let and let that shine over that the sweetness of the rum which uh, very enjoyable for me i really i mean uh, you know this guy you know someone actually uh yeah, did put, a great job pairing some these. serious thought into it uh, yeah again this is not one this is not one i would have thought of um you know i'm familiar with the rum and i'm familiar with the cheese but uh again the thought of using you know that dark, rich, molassesy, caramelly nature in the rum, and using that to off-play the the bitter sharpness of the cheese. You know, well played. Yeah, I don't know that it would go as well with a, as a, with a white rum. I think the dark, the dark no. molasses rum no. this and that really, was, and, and really, and the, and the pairing difference. notes they gave us. They they sent us uh, a bunch of different cheeses and a bunch of a uh, bunch of different spirits. But this was one that was actually in their pairing notes that we didn't get. So I went out and got the cheese and got the rum. And they had mentioned using a different, a different dark rum, which I just didn't have. So I had this one. And I pulled it out. I think you're dead on. I think a white rum would would be completely overpowered. It just it, you'd taste a little bit of sugar, but you wouldn't. No, it wouldn't stand up. Yeah, wouldn't not stand at, all. at all. You, you right. need you need that darkness. You need that age. Yes. Well, well I, I want to uh, be a little contrary to what Brent said. Um, I do think overall, Harmy's not here, so you're taking his place. I am, uh, but without the bitterness. Um, I thought that the two worked well in the mouth together. A little bit of cheese with a sip Excuse of rum me? on top of it. What? Did he just say? Okay, moving on. <laughs> I'm, I'm echoing what you said, Bob. The two no, played- I'm talking about rum because, you know, rum is like, I got cheddar, I got rum. I'm a right. pirate. You the know, two I, play nicely yeah. together on the palate. It's rum. It's parody. It's uh, you're going in a different direction with that. So I, don't I don't think know. so. I think your mind's in the gutter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not as enthrill, enthralled as uh, Brent was with taking the spit, sip of the rum first and then the cheddar second. I thought they worked better either cheddar first and then rum or cheddar first and then the two together. Um, 
but uh, I do agree. They did play well, though. So this is a nice pairing. Yeah, uh, the the molasses notes and the and the brown sugar notes on the rum were very nice in offsetting uh, some of the sharpness of the cheddar. And I agree with Bob that a, a younger, milder cheddar would not have worked very well. Similarly, if you took a younger cheddar and you took a white rum, that might work. Maybe yes, but yes. You know, something with age on it, the sharpness yeah. is just it's going to no, overpower it. More more. Uh, it's going to be sharp rum. and bitter and sweet at the same time, and I don't think that would work in a million years. So I mean they. Again, they nailed it exactly the right cheese. And most kind of, of us tend to sip the darker rums, whereas the lighter rums tend to be better in cocktails. Yeah, they're they're good in a glass with strawberry puree and ice and other things. Yes. You know, on a beach somewhere. So oh, yeah, what did you think, Justin? I think that um, I have to agree with Maury on this one. I think that the cheese really brings out the depth of the rum and stretches and separates all the flavors on your palate. And if you just had the rum on its own it just hits you quick and leaves so i would do it that way i really like the pairs like every date he's ever had so (laughs) all right well we're gonna give this one four sips that's classified all right so we are coming up to the next cheese and i believe this one's maury so you ready? I got the app ready. Oh, that's easy. All this right. is the aged Mimolette Hold and on, bourbon let's check. pairing. Let's check. Mimolette. <gasps> Mimolette. Mimolette. She's sexy. I'm sorry. <laughs> she is more sexy. Oh yeah. Okay, we'll give Mori. We'll give Mori a bell on that one. He got his right. All right. So Mimolette is a nutty, buttery, almost caramel flavor, and a texture softer than Parmesan, but harder than something like a cheddar. We have selected it. We have selected for it the Four Roses small batch to pair with the Mimolette because it is a fruity with hints of pear and apple that soften the saltiness of the cheese. And the bourbon is 45% ABV. Well, this I thought was a very, very nice pairing. Uh, the Mimolette is one of my favorite uh, cheeses. It's hard to find. If you find it whole, it looks like a cantaloupe. It's got a, a dark. Oh, it's, uh, it's bright orange. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a dark rind. Mm-hmm. And when it's cut, it is bright orange like a cantaloupe color. Uh, it, it's definitely a firm cheese. It's definitely got some saltiness and nuttiness. And together firm with cheese. the bourbon. Hold on. Let's check. Yeah, I'd say it's firm. Yeah, it's firm. You just broke your phone hitting the cheese. There you go. <laughs> Um, under warranty again i'm not i'm not sure it makes a difference which order you drink them uh eat or drink in but i thought that the pairing was uh really wonderful this bourbon uh that we chose was really nice or somebody chose uh you can't go wrong with a four roses small batch it's got all the classic uh characteristics of a bourbon you've got toffee and creme brulee and vanilla and they really pair nicely especially with the uh, a little bit of the saltiness uh, of the cheese um again uh three for three a plus on the pairing from uh from my point of view really have you had this four roses before <laughs> once or thrice <laughs> more and more and myself were lucky enough to do a tour at four roses uh back in december and oh that was that was an epic afternoon yes when we went into the lab and they have samples of pretty much everything they've ever released and brent elliott looks at you and he goes gentlemen help yourselves and you kind of st- Stand there for a second and go, what? What did he just say? Help yourselves. And then you reach over and pick up a really insanely rare bottle, something you haven't had. You point at it and he goes, yeah, dummy, help yourselves. (laughs) Okay, third time, I'm gone. (laughs) 
Right. I mean, when you guys chain locked yourself in there and they had to drag you out, that was, <laughs> well, that was a little that was a little much. <laughs> you know, that but, was a little uh, much. All I know is when he said that the third time when he said, help yourselves, Maury just went. Woo! Yeah, so <laughs> that's it. You got it. I'm glad. I didn't know you captured that sound. <laughs> what, uh, Justin, what do you think of the pairing? This one goes together like Franks and Beans. The saltiness is perfect level to complement the pairing, and it makes the finish of the Four Roads of Small Batch even longer than it otherwise would be. Again, making it taste like a more aged Four Roses. I love this pairing. Yeah, this one, again, they knocked this one out of the park. I, th I think this was an extremely well thought out pairing. Um, you know, the nuttiness, the butteriness of the cheese just really, really played well with the Four Roses with the sweetness on it and, and the oaky and the vanilla, and they just all sort of interplayed. Um, yeah, yeah just, I, can't think of, I can't think of anything, you know, wrong with this pairing honestly other than i don't have more cheese yeah it's, it's nuts butter caramel vanilla and a little bit of parmesan yeah, finish yeah, yeah i think you add the two it kind of reminds me of those hot buttery nuts that uh, you can buy yeah. uh at the ball games or at the fair yeah uh, it's, it's just, just beautiful works together. it's just a beautiful thing it's a funky looking cheese to look at you might pass it by but honestly it's the firmest cheese we have today it reminds me a little bit of an aged Gouda, except it, uh, it goes off in a little bit of a different direction. But it's definitely got that firmness, that nuttiness, and it just goes And when so you look well at a big wedge of it, it looks like a wedge of <laughs> cantaloupe. <laughs> cantaloupe yeah. It is as bright orange as, as a mushmelon, and the outside's got that mold to it, so it's sort of brown. It's, it's brown like, like you look at it and you think, this is cantaloupe. That, that's a little odd. Um, but, oh, what a lovely cheese. And it, and it, I, I, I really I enjoy the texture of it. The firmness of it, it's you I know, do too. Yeah. It's it's got that sort of grain to it as you chew. Yeah. And, Again, um, this one here, I enjoyed the bourbon first and the cheese second. You know, when mm. going to going that way with that with that the in that combination, he enjoys bourbon first with everything. That's I right. Noticed. He That's, enjoys bourbon I, I first with bourbon first with, with my wonder. Have you <laughs> noticed that? <laughs> he, Brand, he likes the liquor first yeah. and yeah. then anything that comes after it. Yeah, tastes better. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he, he drinks liquor and, you know, dirt, and it's much better in that combination. Yeah. So, But honestly, this pairing worked well, inside, outside, upside down, or reversed. It was a great pairing. All right, so we're going to give this one four sips. That's classified. All right, so we are going to go to our next one, and this one's going to be Justin. So are you ready? This one's a pairing of Epose and oh. Cognac. Okay, he got, he got Cognac. <laughs> All right, let's try. Uh, I could not have got Cognac. Epois. Do you get that? Epois. 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 So you were, you were, I'm sorry. You were way off, so. No. Right. <laughs> just going <laughs> to just call me Twit because I'm not going to get it right when it comes to me. Punishments, 30 days in the cooler. And all privileges revoked for an additional 30 days. Colonel Quank is mad at you. Uh oh. So I hope there's bourbon in that cell. Possibly. If you talk to LeBeau, then you might be fine. So <laughs> this is a pairing that was recommended by Cognac native Benedict Hardy. He recommended. So you got that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even, even I couldn't mess up Hardy. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on how much you had to drink. <laughs> Let's see if I got this right now. He recommended Epoisse. Yep. 
<sighs> Hold on. Let me get the app back out. Epoise. <laughs> Epoise. Got it? Epoise. There you go. Epoise. He recommended Epoise as a perfect companion to Hardy Legend 1863 Cognac. Epoise is a bold cheese with a strong nose and a creamy texture and the Hardy Legend 1863 Cognac with its mocha and coffee flavors completes the experience adding the right spices to the cheese and it's 40% alcohol by volume. For me, the cheese didn't do much for the Cognac and the Cognac didn't do much for the cheese. It didn't create a greater whole, but they weren't bad together. They just didn't complement each other. What did you think, Brent? Well, when I had the cognac first, the cognac overpowered the cheese. And when I had the cheese first, the cheese overpowered the cognac. So it, it was it kind of didn't quite balance itself for me, even though I know I know it's some people absolutely love this, but I didn't find a I didn't find a medium for it that really worked for me. I had I had one that overpowered the other, no matter which way I went with it. So if I had the cognac, it, it had, that overpowered the cheese flavor at the end. If I had the cheese flavor, it overpowered the cognac flavor. So uh, I didn't I didn't find a balance for myself with this one, which I found with the other ones. And I know Maury, you think differently of this. Yeah, I was interested in what Bob had to say. Bob, what do you think? I think it played very well. Um, you need a very strong spirit. I mean, if you get the plus, it's hold on, let me get this. It's a very strong, very fermented cheese. It's got that almost slight bit of ammonia funk to it that a, a well-aged good cheese does. So anything light is going to be completely overpowered by this. Mm. And it's got a beautiful texture of the cheese. It's got a really nice, really nice flavor to it. Very, very front forward on the palate. A lot of nuts, a little bit of that aged funk. But once you mix it with the cognac, it all evens out. You know, the cognac really picks up the ripeness of the cheese. It takes the edge off of the cognac, and I think the two of them are, I, I think they're made for each other. I think it's extremely well put together. Well, I agree with you. And There's a first. Yeah, I know. I'm shock as shocking as it might be. Um, Hold I, on. I, what do you say, Rick? Woo! Rick is excited. Uh, I agree with you completely. Uh, the the Ipwas is perhaps the my favorite cheese of the day. It's just got such a beautiful texture. I must compliment you, Bob. It's serving it at the perfect temperature. Most people serve their cheese right out of their fridge, much too cold. You really, really need to let these warm up to room temperature. And as it does, the center gets nice and creamy. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back. And we're back, and we are discussing uh, spirits and cheese pairings uh, with some lovely cheeses that were sent to us uh, by the fine folks at the Cheeses of Europe, and some really nice spirits. And we are uh, still discussing the Epoix and the 1863 uh, Hardy Cognac. Maury was... You were on a tangent? Where were you going? I wasn't on a tangent. I was just talking about the cheese individually as being my favorite of the day. I think it's got a beautiful buttery texture. It's definitely got a little uh, boldness and funk on the rind and on the nose. And uh, 
similarly, I thought the cognac was just fabulous. I'm not a real cognac drinker. Um, tend to be more bourbon and scotch, but this cognac was delicious. Very reasonably priced. It's one of their not entry level, but certainly their mm. lower end of their line, cognacs from Hardy. And uh, honestly, it was delicious. It had lots of spice and lots of nuts and lots of nuances. And together, I just thought the pairing was uh, a match made in heaven. I really liked it. It didn't matter whether I had the cognac first or the cheese first. I thought it was a delicious pairing and uh, and really opened my eyes. You know what I needed? I needed that rind. That rind really helped. Oh, you didn't I mean, get the I think, rind? I think when I... Oh, no. If you don't have the rind, it washes. Well, it yeah. that's out. what I think that's oh, yeah. what my problem was yeah. with I, was the cheese well, was Well, it's Bob's great. fault. The way he cut the cheese, you got the mostly cheese, uh, center of the, the creaminess and not mm-hmm. the rind, but you got to get toward the back of the cheese. Yeah. The rind really mm-hmm. helped it out. Really the made rinds where you're getting all that nuttiness. Yes, that yes, that yes. ammonia nose. Yes. And, I was and kind of avoiding that with the, first, with the first pairing. Well, a lot of people do, and that's the funny thing. People see a cheese like this and think, you got to eat the inside. They literally cut the rind away, yeah. much like cutting the crust off your peanut butter oh, and I've jelly Oh, I've seen people sandwich. take camembert and sit there and, and yes. take a small wheel, like a you know a five-inch wheel, and sit there and is, 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 spend an hour slicing it. I'm like, you're throwing away one of the best parts of the What do you I mean? Yeah. That really made the same a people that cut the crust off their bread. I'm, I'm pretty much, I pretty much think they're all the same. I think they're, you know, they're communists. Right. So <laughs> I'm just saying they might be. They, they and, allegedly, allegedly. And so what I would say for the cheeses in general, the unless the rind is just too hard to eat or it's clearly got wax or paper on it, generally speaking, eat the rind. It's meant to be eaten. And the other thing that you mentioned is important is temperature. Uh, you know. Americans will tend to put it in the fridge and take it straight out of the fridge and eat it. And some cheeses, that's fine. But especially for, you know, a stinky cheese, you know, something that's got a little bit more of an aroma to it, a stronger cheese. And even for something like the Mimolet, you don't want that thing coming out rocket cold. I took these out an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes before everybody got here. Minimum of an hour. And then we've sat here for about another 45 minutes tasting and discussing. So they've all come up to a nice room temperature. And that's when you're really, again, it's like taking a really good wine. There's no, it just took a wine should be, you know, room temperature, slightly more cold than we are here in Florida. Um, But you don't take a really beautiful white burgundy and put it in the fridge at, or the know, bucket at 36 of degrees or jam it in a bucket of ice water for three hours and then pour it out because all your it's so closed up you're not going to taste anything you need to get some of the cold off of these cheeses to really appreciate the taste and the aroma interesting you mentioned that i was at a wine dinner not too long ago and that was my one comment the wine took way too long to warm up you can always warm it with your hands but the the chardonnay came out Blistering cold. cold, yeah, and it really it took a long and look, time. If that's the way you enjoy it, then fine. But I always tell people, look, try it the other way. Just, I mean, it, drink it the way you want it. It's right. like Jimmy, like Jimmy Russell always says, I don't care how you drink the wild turkey, just drink it. And if you don't like it, send it back, and I'll drink it for you. If you want to drink that beautiful buttery Chardonnay that somebody put their heart and soul into, it, it you know, rocket cold, you know, like something from the Arctic, and put ice cubes in it. Okay, if that's your thing, you bought it, do it. But Try it. And I agree with you, 60, 65 degrees. But, you know, beer is the same way. You'll see these places advertising our beer at sub-zero temperatures. And uh, the English, on the other hand, serve at room temperature. Mm -hmm. I think a good craft beer with full body needs to warm up a little bit into the 60s and not be at uh, sub-zero. Yeah, 
it's, yeah, it's talking about European room temperature, not, yeah, not yeah. American. And that's the other thing. It's again when we think room temperature, we're thinking ninety five, and no one wants to drink or eat anything at that temperature. It's you know, no, it's just it's not fun. So yeah, yeah. So the yeah, the definitely the 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 rind is the is one of the key points to to making this pairing really really work. You know, you have to have that rind in there. So you so you change your opinion. Moral of the story is a little bit. Don't be afraid of the crust or yeah. the ride. Yeah, don't don't be afraid just because it's a little crusty. If you know, if it wasn't for, yeah, I mean, if you were afraid of things that were crusty, let's face it, none of us we'd all be alone. So <laughs> <laughs> when it really comes all down right, to it, so okay. when do we rate this pairing? Ah, uh, we gave this one f- four sips. That's classified. All right, so we're going to go to the last cheese. And uh, spirit pairing. We're going to have Brent tell us about it. Hold on. We're ready. Blue. You got blue. <laughs> the Arvernay. <laughs> Bleu d'Auvergne. Bleu d'Auvergne. Got it? No. Bleu d'Auvergne. Bleu d'Auvergne. Blue d'Auvergne. Blue d'Auvergne. There's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of vowels and stuff that are not pronounced. That's all I can say. So we're just gonna call it blue. <laughs> give him a minute so he can work this out. <laughs> so we're just gonna call it blue and pear brandy. Ah, <laughs> uh, Alistair Beck says no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Blue d'Auvergne. Blue d'Auvergne. Blue d'Auvergne. Yeah, yeah. See that twit. Blue, blue the twit yeah. and pear brandy. Okay, some cheeses are washed in brandy, so it should come as no surprise that they also pair well with it. The pungent flavor and lusciousness, creaminess of the blue of Vernier. Blue d'Auvergne. Blue d'Auvergne. <laughs> marries well with the fresh pears as well as a smooth and fruity pear brandy like Pear Williams Pear uh, Brandy from the Czech Republic. So, not the, to be the confused blue, with Treat Williams from Hollywood. Yeah. So this blue is very Bam. powerful. Once again. And I like this. I liked eating the the I liked eating the cheese first. I just loved eating the cheese first, getting that getting that powerfulness of the blue cheese right on your palate. And then and then letting the brandy just coat over everything and the fruitiness and the sweet the sweetness of the brandy and the and the pears just coat it and mellow it out a little bit. It's a beautiful pairing like that. Using the brandy first and the blue second, eh, I didn't. That wasn't. That didn't thrill me as much. But tasting this blue, no. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. Tasting this blue That's the first. And then, happy anything is. first of the spirit second. Look how happy he is. <laughs> what do you think, Justin? It's a happy spot. Mm-hmm. The blue cheese very strong flavor. I'm happy. Oh, very. It's the very pear. very strong. Very strong. The pear brandy takes a lot of the chalky, moldy aspects to it and replaces it with uh, creamy smoothie goodness. So it's actually a really good pairing. Much stronger than each of its component parts. The pear brandy alone, pretty boring. And the cheese, pretty overpowering. But together, all good. What'd you think, Bob? I thought it was absolutely lovely. Um, There was nothing I love more than a nasty, moldy delicious smelly funky cheese nasty yeah the, the it's it, yeah. pungent yeah exactly P- 
pungent. If it smells like it came out of your shoe, it's probably going to be the best cheese you've ever had. It, you know, this one is absolutely lovely. The nose on this thing, hold on. Oh. <laughs> I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and this is the most powerful cheese that we have today oh, as far as... Uh, by far. Oh, by far. Just... Does it smell like a gym locker? Yeah, it's 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 an absolute the, the 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 texture on it is just like pure cream. It just coats your mouth. I mean, you, you put it in there and it just literally just melts right in your mouth, fills it with that beautiful flavor, and then the pear brandy, the sweetness of it, and the fruit of the brandy just sort of wraps around your tongue, and you've you've got the cheese and the cream, and it all just sort of melds. I mean, it's it's a it's it's it, a this one really does not work the other way. I mean the pear brandy first, and then the cheese after that. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't work that way. I mean, there's, I mean, there is, there's a pattern to some. Some of these can work universally. You know, you want the spirit first, and then the cheese. Some of you want the cheese first, and then the spirit. This one, you need the cheese first, and then that brandy to just to coat over it. I gotta give, I gotta give boy credit. He's, he's. You're right. You know, that's. You just want that. You want that. You want yeah. that brandy, that pearness, that sweetness to just kind of yeah, coat you get the over cheese it in and, there, and it and just, just and it's like a bomb going on your mouth, and then the the brandy yeah. goes in and just swirls around and just sort of tames the whole thing. Yeah, it he's, really, he's it, onto it. He's the boy's on his game today. So yes, he is. It, it makes a difference, you know. I will give you that. I, I agree that the. Um, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, blue cheese and uh, I've re- rarely met a cheese I don't love, except for blue cheese. And I find the blue cheese to be so pungent and yeah. so overpowering. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. But that said, it is a very creamy cheese, and uh, and the and the brandy just tames it. It just brings out the creaminess, tones mm-hmm. down the sharpness and the pungent nature of it, and really does complement it. And uh, and and to, to echo what both Justin and Brent said, uh, you know, the sum is better than the individual components. The pear brandy is okay. It's got a pretty strong pear on the nose. But uh, with the cheese, uh, following the cheese, absolutely. It tames the cheese nicely and really gives it a nice uh, a nice finish. So and yeah, I just this pear brandy is a new one. I've never seen this one before. Uh, I've had several. There's there's one that my wife absolutely loves that I try to keep a bottle in the house because, well, she likes it. So, <laughs> but uh, actually, Jelinek, this is a new one from Czech Czech Republic. Does make several uh, uh, brandies. Uh, they're pretty famous for a. Uh, I think it's made from uh, plums. Uh, called Schlivitz that mm. uh, I've had before, uh, so they're they're a premier house. They're they're familiar with making good uh, artisanal brands. Czechoslovakia. It's not like Moscow. Yeah. It's like going into Wisconsin. Come yeah. on. You didn't see stripes. God, come on. You saw stripes. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. I got my butt kicked last time I was in Wisconsin. See, so he knows. <laughs> so. So good but, job on the pairing. Yeah, I mean, uh, really, I mean, just extremely well done. The the fruit really just seems to play so well with it. So. It's uh, it's a good day, gentlemen. So, like I said, this is this is an idea that I've got to. Would we rate this pairing? Oh, hold on. Did we Justin even give one. his thoughts on this one? Yeah. Yes, he did. I did. Oh. I was echoing his thoughts. That's right. We gave this one four sips. Classified. Yeah, this is. Uh, was that unanimous? Was that a sweep? A force? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, again, I have a list. Every you know, you're sitting in the shower, you're laying on the couch, you're 
doing yard work and little ideas pop in your head. Whenever I get a show idea, I write it down. I have a file where I keep all the goofy things that come in my head. And this is one that, that I had years ago. And we just haven't figured out a way to do it. We haven't gotten around to doing it. Fortunately, this, the show gets more popular. And as you know, as we get more and more access to you know even better and, and more people and more spirits, um, I haven't pursued it. You know, I've had it sort of in the back. Okay, if we, you know, here's a good idea if we need one. And this this presented itself to us because I, I met the people who represent the, the the Cheeses of Europe consortium. So, you know, we were presented with a thing. Hey, we'd like to do some cheeses and we would like to present them as a pairing with different spirits where we want to get you different cheeses and different spirits and see what you think of the combinations. And this is something I've always wanted to do, something I'd like to do again uh, with different cheeses and different spirits. I, I think this was really, really great. Again, you've got spirits, which we all enjoy, and cheese, which is just about my favorite food, um, all on the same day at the same time. It makes time. it nice. I mean, because yeah. you're not, generally, you're not drinking a spirit just by yourself. You know, you want something, you're, you're, you're generally having something to snack with it or something mm -hmm. like that. And, it, you know, and a cheese and cracker is, you know, a little piece of chocolate, a couple nuts or something is always something that goes well with just about every spirit you can think of. And yeah. it takes some serious thought to to pair these things. I, I just did one. I, I just did a we did a, Birkin, a bourbon and bacon uh, thing the other night that I was hosting. And they came up with like five or six different bacons. Now, they're all, you know, it's bacon. So they're all right in your face. But there were, you know, maple cured. There were, uh, you know, maple brown sugar. There were honey cured. There were um, applewood smoke. There were ones with different peppers. There was ones with cocoa and everything. And I and I sat there and I spent, you know, a good two days running in my head, trying to think of all the different bourbons that I'd had and which ones would, you know, play well with either amplify the spirit of the bacon or just play well with it, where the two of them would meld. So. Yeah, this just like you don't to want to have like a you don't want to have like a peppery bacon, and then you have a, a you don't yeah. want you don't want to have a peppery uh, bourbon and with it, thing. you know, it's, like a high rye bourbon. With it, it takes know? a lot of thought, yeah, to really to, to to nail it and do it well. And yeah. it's you know that being said, if if you like a particular spirit or a particular bourbon or a particular wine with a particular food, if that's what you dig, then go for it. But um, you know you can you can pair beers you can pair wines you can you can pair whiskeys you can pair rums brandies cognacs different spirits with different foods cheeses different kinds of fruit dishes meats you know different styles of cooking um you know it's an endless combination of pairing so it's it's really kind of interesting yeah it's a general rule you you want you want a, a bold and spicy versus a mellow on the other side mm -hmm. so whichever you have if you have a like if you have a spicier cheese or somebody you want something mellower on the other side mm -hmm. to kind of even it out if you have a spicier cheese you know or mellow cheese you want something spicier to drink with it yeah. you know i so. mean or or you can go the opposite of that you yeah. can get something that like we did with we did a, a, a peppered bacon so you know i got a high rye cast strength bourbon because you've got that pepper and spice on the back end and the two of them played well but that's that's the fun thing is is you know getting the ones that play well together you yeah. know and that's 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 the fun of it so yeah i had, I had a really good time with this and plus we have uh, leftover spirits and lots of leftover cheese so i think this is a good day gentlemen oh all right well 
That's all the time we have for today, and we hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes where you found this one, as well as on terrestrial and satellite radio, and online at iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, CBS Radio, Radio.com, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, PRX, and pretty much any place you can find a podcast. The easiest way to find this show is ask your phone, whoever the lady is on it, whether it's Alexa or Siri or whoever, play podcasts, sip, suds, and smokes. We love your feedback. You can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out every day on Twitter at sipsudsmoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news, and you'll be able to interact with the thousands of other fans on there. Please take the time to rate this episode. That's a big help to us. It lets us know that you're listening and lets us know what you, uh, you, know, what you like and lets us see your feedback. I want to thank our co-host. Thank you, Brent. I finally found out who cut the cheese. <laughs> Usually it's our meat. <laughs> thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. I love the cheesiness of today's episode. Well, you are, you are the king of cheesiness, so... And thank you, Justin. Bob, merci beaucoup, my friend. Oh, dear Lord, I just, <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you say, Colonel Quink? <laughs> I've decided on your punishment. 30 days in the cooler. Yeah, I'm with him. <laughs> All right, well, for Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob, and we thank you for joining us. And remember, life is too short to drink bad whiskey and eat bad cheese. Or bad cheese, yeah. You so. Know. You know, when you pair them together, you got yourself some uh, cheese and whiskey, or cheese and brandy, or cheese and rum. <laughs> Come on, you got to love the app. You know? Cheese and cognac. I'm going to find this woman. been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. 